This is John Berger, entertainment writer and columnist for the Honolulu Star Advertiser. There's a reason that I've been interviewing entertainers for over 40 years on Hawaii's premier daily publications and radio stations, and why Maleko and Flash are stuck on a podcast. I want to take a moment before we do the podcast. I want to talk about my new favorite thing. Okay. This, this flask cap. Oh, yeah. This is the coolest yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were showing me that the other day. This is the coolest thing. I saw this. It was advertised to me on Instagram, and I thought, I need this in my life. So I bought two. I bought one for me and my wife. It's essentially a discreet way to keep your alcohol with you when you're doing everyday things. But it's not a flask. No. It, it goes on to like your hydro flask, whatever. Yeah. whatever. So your hydro flask tumbler or your Yeti tumblers, everybody's got one yeah, now, yeah. right? Whatever it is, you're drinking your water in all day long. Yeah. So you go to the beach, you're not, it's really bad form to go to the beach with like liquor visible. Is you know? it though? You can't go out there and start pouring Tito's on the beach into your glass because then you're totally- Sure that, would be great if I could though. But you can't. But you can now with the flask cap because this is cool. It's a cap- that discreetly holds five ounces of liquor in the lid. And you just put it on any one of your existing tumblers. And so you'll grab the tumbler, you fill it with ice, you put Coca-Cola in it. And everybody sees you putting Coca-Cola in it, and that's it. And they're like, oh, I'm look, only drinking Coke. I'm drinking only Coke. drinking Coke. Nothing to see here. Move along. Right? And then you put the lid on, and there's a button on top of the lid. And you just push it. It dispenses an ounce of your favorite liquor into your Coke. Oh, my goodness. So now I've got a Jack and Coke. I can push the button all five times, you though, if I want, Absolutely. Right? You lush. <laughs> you can. Okay. <laughs> well, now we're getting somewhere. It's great. It has made beach time so much more fun for me. It works really well, too. It's really well made. It's made in the USA. In fact, they, they made it. A couple of, uh, of hipsters in Montana made this thing. And they're selling it now on the internets, and it's fantastic. It's called Flaskap, F-L-A-S-K-A-P. Flaskap. And, and it holds five ounces of liquor. What more do you want? I mean, I, I need this in my life is what I need. I could, be, I could be drinking this right now as we speak. If you want one, we are going to give you one. What? At the end of this one. episode. Listen, at the end of this episode, we're going to tell you how you can win your very own flask cap and make your life five ounces cooler. <laughs> hello, hello. Welcome to another Wednesday, and this is the Maleko and Flash podcast. I'm Maleko. Hey, and I'm Flash. Uh, sorry we've been off for a week or two, but, uh, you know, life goes on. Your fault. My fault entirely. <laughs> but we're back now, and we've got a very special show today because this is the first time in our podcast history um, that we've got uh, a sober show. We have, a real, we have a real guest, <laughs> and We too. have a real guest, so this is going to be fun. Uh, first of all, let's introduce our guest here. She currently serves in the Hawaii House of Representatives. She represents District 43. Uh, she's been there since 2014. She made history by becoming the first Samoan woman to serve as the House Minority Leader, which she still is, by the way. Booyah. Uh, and uh, she used to be a music teacher. This is amazing. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. And coming up this November, she's going head-to-head -head with the governor. We're going to find out. Uh, uh, everything we need to know about Republican candidate for governor of the state of Hawaii, Andrea Tupola. I can't believe you agreed to come on the show. <laughs> I'm very confused. What? I love this. This is awesome. I'm all about improv and ad lib. So, oh, good. You got the right person. Great. Well, where do you meet Flash? This is going to be fun. <laughs> 
stoked to have you here. Of course, you, you've got a big campaign going on right now. Um, you're going head-to-head with an incumbent, which is always hard to do. Um, we asked him to come on the show. He hasn't responded to any of our tweets. What? What are you going to do, right? Of course, he probably doesn't use Twitter, so we'll get into that a little bit wow. later. First of all. Also true. Also true. Before wow. we go there, <laughs> you're in politics now, but you were a music teacher before that. Where, where's that bridge, music to politics? Where does that come from? Uh, you know, I live in Venezuela from 2002 Ooh. to 2003, so I actually speak Espanol. Yes, I oh. do. Oh, my God. She just keeps getting hotter and hotter to me. <laughs> do the entire podcast in Espanol. Flash wouldn't have any idea what was going on. Uh, but my mom would love it. <laughs> so, you know, that time in Venezuela it really opened up my eyes to see different philosophies of government. And when I got back to America, I was super excited to just fight to empower the people, have less government in our lives, you know, not become dependent on too many services so I got involved because of that I never knew that I would actually run for office but I felt that calling inside of me that I should be serving so my first passion is music I would say my second passion is service that's great and Venezuela politics that's crazy politics wow like none other that is that is I lived through it (laughs) that's amazing now you came out you ran for office and you got in at your first at bat which is another huge hurdle Overcome. What was that like? More so in Hawaii, in such a democratic state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is how the conversation went. People Mm -hmm. said, so you think you're going to run for office? I was like, yeah. They're like, what do you know about politics? I said, nothing. They're like, good, you should do it. (laughs) So have you ever raised money? I was like, no. How much money do we need to raise? They're like, oh, between 30 and 50,000. I was like, well, I can do that. They said, so where are you from? I was like, oh, I'm from Hawaii Kai. Where are you going to run? I was like, I'm going to run in Waianae. They're like, (laughs) (laughs) well, you're going to lose. I was like, okay. And and what party are you going to run as? I was like, well, I want to run as a Republican. I want to see less government, less taxes, more empowerment for businesses. And they said, sounds good. You're going to lose. So I said, all right, let's get started. So I did it. (laughs) And then you won. And I won my first time. Yeah. Um, Lot, you loved, you seem to love a challenge. Um, if you're coming into office first time at bat, not knowing anything about it, huge challenge. Hashtag underdog. Right? Hashtag underdog. And then, I don't know, let's make things even more complicated. Let's run red in a state of blue. That's wild. Yeah, you know, inside of me, I, I feel like the only way you succeed in life is to be proud of every part of who you are. And so I have a different background than most kids that are from Hawaii because of my time outside of the country. I also taught music in L.A., in Arizona, in Utah. My husband played ball in Texas, in Michigan. We came home. So What kind of ball? Uh, he played in the NFL. So he oh was, goodness. yeah, I'm married to a very big Tongan. <laughs> yes. So, I'm, so Flash, so, tone it down is what she's saying. I can run very fast. <laughs> so I'm going to say. <laughs> Okay, so you're you're now stepping it up again. Another challenge. You're going up against an incumbent coming up this November. Uh, a guy who's, you know, who doesn't have to do much. He's already got the job, right? So he doesn't have to try as hard as you do to get the job. And you're going red, which has only been done a couple of times. Hello, Linda Lingle. So let's <laughs> let's talk about that. I mean, you're you're obviously you're very confident. You you've done this before. So Republican governor for the state of Hawaii. Was Local that something girl, when you wrote Hawaiian. that down? When you wrote that down, did you think, "Oh yeah, easy. I got this." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm always down for a good challenge. I'm a super hard worker, and I've been that way ever since I was young. I knew how to read before I started kindergarten. I was always, you know, top of the class. And so, when I got into the legislature, my biggest concern was that people don't got to fight for their jobs when really they're they're actually working on our taxpayer dollars. And even when I ran in Waianae, I ran against somebody who had been elected official for eight years. There's a lot of those. Oh, yeah. People said, oh, good luck. You're not going to mm-hmm. be able to do it. All these guys got money. They got name recognition. I mean, I was literally a nobody. You know what I did? 
I walked the streets, knocked the doors, met people. People thought I lived on their street because I was there so often. Wow. Oh, hey, auntie, where do you live? I was like, I actually live like three towns over, but I'm here every day getting to know the people. But that's the the gist of getting involved, though, is that winning an election, it shouldn't be this complicated matrix of decision making. It's one 50 percent plus one. That's it. You get 50% of the vote plus one. You got to calculate it. It's a math game. Mm-hmm. Study your numbers, figure out where they're at, and start getting to work. So you you must have tapped into people who've done this before. I mean, if you don't know, you grab people who do, right? I, I did. I did. Oh, I sat with everybody and their mom about what does it mean to run for office. And so I asked a lot of people, and the gist of running for office is, one, get the majority of votes, and two, raise money. Raise a lot of money. A lot. Oh, of money. A lot. We've raised. I think to date we're at three hundred eighty thousand that we've raised for this campaign. Wow. Okay. Which doesn't sound like a lot, you know, because you know there's a lot of other people running that have like a million or whatever. But man, my money is like loyal. Mm-hmm. I have a family in Nanakuli that gives me forty bucks every month. Oh wow. Yep. That's that's the kind of money we raise. Is the kind of money from people who really care and really want to see change. People don't just dole out six thousand dollar checks for me. I'm not mm-hmm. that person. I'm the person that goes around and inspires people and empowers them, and they get so passionate that they're just fierce, like every day cut off their arm kind to support the campaign. Wow. Your energy is making me thirsty. <laughs> this is amazing. Okay, so Andrew, hold that thought for just a second. Let's introduce our bartenders here today. Uh, every week <sighs> on the show, we get a special cocktail, special bartender representing. Flash, who do we got today? That was intense, just listening to right? her. I definitely need a cocktail Seriously, right now. I need I'm, an energy drink to keep up. I'm glad there's no knives here. I'm ready to cut my arm off. I'm ready to do this. Yes! <laughs> we have Sway and Mo is back from Moku's Kitchen. They have a brand new signature cocktail menu. Now, Andrea doesn't drink, and Mo and Sway have actually come up with some special non-alcoholic beverages that we don't know what to call them yet. Yeah. We can't call them mocktails. So you don't drink... Is that because you're running for, for, for office, or is it you just, just don't drink in general? I don't drink in general, and I don't drink coffee either. Really? Don't drink coffee. So all this energy is like el natural. Wow. Boom, 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 boom. This is amazing. What, okay. about, what about soda? Like Coke, no caffeine? I don't drink soda either. Oh, my wow. goodness. That's amazing. You're what so you... much better than us. <laughs> I know, I'm, 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 there goes all of my hydration in life. <laughs> There's this thing called water. What? It's super good. <laughs> Water is really good, but it doesn't make me feel quite the way alcohol does. It does. Okay, so what are you guys making over here? Oh, I should be filming this. Yeah, yeah. Come, come over on, here. Come on over here. Share the mic. Uh, you can here share you the mic with Flash. Actually, yeah. Have him over here. You get your own mic, Andrea. Okay, got it. Okay, so we're gonna be doing um, one in a melon. It's our staff pick. Um, they decided to name it. It's gonna have watermelon juice, lemon juice, simple syrup, and mint. And then we shake it. And then it's very refreshing. We garnish it with a mint sprig as well. And then for the alcoholic drinkers, we're uh-huh. actually going to have... Uh, Did you just call us alcoholics? <laughs> Thank you. True. <laughs> Go we're on. We're going to add our Pau vodka from oh, Maui. okay. Cool. So you can always add to these non-alcoholic cocktails if mm-hmm. you want. So. Okay. You're welcome. All right. So, and you don't, so mind, you don't mind if we drink, right? Oh, no. Not at all. Okay, good. So just, it's the same drink. Just one has the vodka in it and one doesn't. Yes. Okay. Nice. So make sure... That Andrea gets the non-alcoholic because they look exactly the same. They do look exactly the same. I don't even know what's going to happen if I do. You know, I actually take melatonin and it does nothing for me. Really? It's a, yeah. So, so it's possible that you could be drinking alcohol, you wouldn't have no effect. I don't know. Like, <laughs> if it happened, what would happen? I don't know. Which one is mine? This is how this is this is how so flashes Friday nights start every Friday. It's like I don't know what'll happen. Let's have a drink and let's see. 
All right. Hers so, have 100%. We have okay. No alcohol in we, oh, we, oh, no alcohol in anything yet. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Just to, okay. All right. Try it without the alcohol. We got the drinks here. We're trying without the alcohol. That was terrible. Oh, actually, that's good. No. No, that's you delicious. The is that? Yeah. What's right. the juice? Alcohol in mine. Uh, this fresh, shot you fresh have. That is fresh watermelon juice. You can taste that. Oh, yeah. It tastes good. Mm. I almost want to spit she's, out seeds. Look, she's waiting no for seeds. me to, to pour the alcohol in to get it on the Insta. She's, is this what millennials do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> millennials. I like how she's measuring it she's out, like, though. Got to get it for the gram. Oh, I got the boss with me. I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you need some? Huh? Oh, yes, please. Yes. Yeah, just go ahead and throw that in there. While she's doing that, um, every week on the podcast, we come up with a word of the day. All right, so this is it's it's just a it's a celebratory. You ever watch Pee Wee's Playhouse? Yeah. You know, they come up with the word of the day when you say it. We're all gonna make noise. We're gonna make a bunch of noise. Everybody's gonna oh. have a drink. What is the word of the day? And you get to pick it. It's a word that we're gonna say not too often, but kind of often throughout the show today. I pick the word of yeah, the day. Yeah, you totally get to pick the word of the day. Okay, here it is. Uh huh. Boom. The word is boom. I love it. Okay, so every time we say the word boom, everybody in the studio is going to make some noise. Boom! Hey! That's my I, word right there. I for sure thought you it. were going to pick missile alert as your <laughs> word of the day. <laughs> oh, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Too soon? Too soon? <laughs> by the way, can I just say, did anybody else today have a little uh, PTSD this morning at 818? I thought it was my... not cool. In fact, that's the exact words I use. This is, this is, I'm not cool with this. Um, it's too soon. It was Give too, me like another year. So I meant to turn my phone and, and off last night because oh I was sleeping in today. Right, I was going to wake right. up at eight thirty. At eight eighteen, my phone, my watch, everything blaring. The cats very sleeping off yeah. the bed. It was very intense. Everything was fine at eight nineteen, but at eight eighteen, it was crazy times. It, it was. I mean, it looks exactly the same, and it's just mm-hmm. it, it brings the flashbacks a little bit. Yeah. Where were you when that happened? Well, I was Look about at to, that segue. I was about to go on a run, <laughs> so I was in Waianae. I woke up, and my phone was going off, and I thought, no, I'm, I'm not working. It's Saturday. I'm going to go for a run. And as soon as I stepped outside, it kept people kept calling. So I answered the phone, and somebody was like, Andrea, is this for real? I was like, is what for real? They said, there's a missile incoming from Korea. I was like, what? No, no. You didn't get the actual alert? No, I didn't get it to my phone. Interesting. Whoa. No. So I was ready to go on a run, just, you know. Because Ige knew. He's like, don't, don't send that to her. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> He's like, skip the girl in Waianae. She might do something. Did you ever figure out why you didn't get the alert? No. I mean, I had in the hearings that we had at the legislature, we had brought it up. Like, are we going to go through each carrier and figure out why some people didn't and why some people didn't? And then people said, oh, there's no way we can figure that out. Mm. I mean, that's actually an issue. I mean, the whole point is, and that was part of the test today, is we're all supposed to yeah. be able to get these alerts. There's supposed to be no opt-out for this right. one today. Right. So right. everyone should have got it. Survey of the room. Everybody got it today? I did not she did not get it. <gasps> Your phone was on, and you didn't get it? Mika, wow. you didn't get it? I did not get it. Uh-oh. Wow. I th- I, this is, this is, I see a pattern here and a theme. Wait, you didn't get it either? Are you Republican? No. Is your phone active? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, Romeo. Are you Republican? The Republicans aren't getting it. Is that See, what it? happened just... was. It's an e-gay conspiracy. Got to go down to Walmart, buy another prepaid card. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, we got our drink of the day. We got our word of the day here. Um, if, if, if you go back to that day when you were going for a run, um, what do you think went wrong after the initial accident? How would you have done that differently? I would have done it the same way I did on the day of the missile alert. You know what I did? I jumped on my social media. 
I called. That's what everybody did, I feel like. Well, I called over to the police station. I called over to the military base because I have the numbers of the head of command like in my phone. Mm -hmm. So I called up. We get it. You're a big deal. (laughs) Well, I was like, you you guys need to tell me right now. Is this for real? And every single person I talked to was like, no, this is not. No, this is not. So I had a double, triple confirmed that it wasn't right. So I jumped on my social media. I run a Facebook group that has about 20,000 people in it. And I jumped on it. I said, hey, guys, Andrew Tapola, State House Representative, District 43. I'm here to let you know that this was a false misunderstanding alert there is no missile incoming please tell your family members but at that time people were just all shook up i mean people were calling me crying and they were like are you sure i'm like i'm double triple quadruple sure like please tell your friends that this is not real it's really hard to take someone's word someone at their word that no this isn't true because it's like if if you're wrong then we're you know we're all gonna die but you know at the same time it's so scary to just without seeing anything in the media Knowing that it's true. I mean, that was the, the confusion was was the scariest part. Yeah. yeah, I would say for me, though, I'm so used to that. Like in Waianae, I am like the number one source of information. Mm. So there's so many times when the state doesn't come out with crap and then boom, there's Andrew doing a video. Like when we had the hurricane, yeah. they were going to close down the schools on Thursday. No school Thursday, Friday for Hurricane Lane. I knew on Tuesday night at midnight. So I let everybody know. But that's the thing, though, is that I know things. And my my responsibility is that I'm obligated to tell my community so the government has this weird thing where everything has to be like a press conference and mm-hmm. a official protocol. Like, I'm just like, yo, if I know information, I'm going to get it out to my people because I care about them. But you're not alone in that. I mean, there's another notable politician who has foregone press conferences and he doesn't do uh, formal announcements. I mean, anything presidential comes straight to the presidential Twitter account. Is that just the trend of politics or is that just, I mean, our press conferences time-consuming is should we always get our information or from archaic Twitter? our press conferences yeah. archaic I mean, at this point is that the way it is now well i think my my main thing is that when you have people that are non-politicians because i didn't grow up in this whole mindset of like protocol and layers for me i just go with my gut instinct which my gut instinct was get up and tell everyone what's going on i went live on instagram i went live on facebook i did it in my group i did it in my profile i did it on my page like because my reach is huge so in mm-hmm. a very short amount of time i realized that i was the first person to tell people when that little video had 50,000 views in the first minute. I was like, oh, shoot, I might have been the first person. And that's when I stepped back and I was like, wait, did nobody else tell the people that this was false? I didn't even think through it in my head. I just wanted to make sure that people felt safe. They didn't put their kids in storm drains, that they didn't speed at 90 miles an hour to get home Mm -hmm. to let them know that, you know, this was false. Those are exactly the kinds of times when you don't want to think things through necessarily right. and be like oh let's go through the proper protocols it's like people's lives potentially are at stake right right and that's like the mindset of a first responder and so even though i'm not a first responder i feel like it all the time you know what i do in my district i direct traffic at water main breaks i'm out on the road i'm reporting right by the hole of the water main i'm letting people know when the road is open we don't have traffic cameras in Waianae. yeah nobody cares about whether or not we have information so i have made it a first priority for me to always give information to my district that's why that traffic west side group has grown to twenty thousand. is because even reporters jump in that because we don't have any other way of reporting mm-hmm. so i let everyone in my community become reporters yeah i'm a member of that community by the way that's just because oh, of my kitv yeah. we got to know there's no cameras out there. There's right. no way to know. But there's there's other people in that community that do the same thing, too. Like, you have your own community reporters because, right. I mean, let's be honest. If anything happens in Waianae, even if we got called to action immediately, the TV crews couldn't be there for another 45 minutes to an right. hour. Well, that's right. with no traffic. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, for me, that's families, that's people being able to pick up their children. I mean, there has been huge incidents where people couldn't get into the coast and we had mm-hmm. to figure out what are we going to do about after school programs? Can McDonald's provide food for all the kids because we can't get them out because we're on a lockdown? Or So I, I feel like that is that instinct is in me is to be like that first responder that just doesn't think through it and just gets out there and does it. You that's know? very anti-politician, though, you know, to leap before you, you know, before you get permission. It's like politicians love to wait for permission and general agreement with other politicians. Most, but not all. Well, not I mean, the presidential politicians. Well, I mean, he's he's not a politician <laughs> either. I mean, he's just a guy who's got a job and he's just doing it his way. So that's I, I would dangerous, agree, though. though, isn't it? Well, isn't I, it risky? I don't know. For me, it's it's a it's, double-edged sword. It's just who I am, and I think that I, I appreciate that the fact that, that people in Wine, they they like who I am. So if you if you. <laughs> Won the election and you became governor, how would you change the way the office communicates with the people? Oh, it'd be way more direct, way more direct. I mean, even I was thinking about like the state of the state address. We have it all the way at the Capitol. Who even watches those? Do you guys watch it? It's every year. He's got to. I don't. No, I I, I get the Cliff's <laughs> notes for the desk. It's you know, right, right, nobody right. You don't even watch, watch it. No, nobody oh. wants to watch those things. Well, and I say that because <sighs> like it shines through in your reporting, by the way. <laughs> Well, I say that because, you know, who on the island of Molokai watches that? Oh, yeah, nobody. And Maui and Big Island. So what about if we had that and I was able to do that but on every island? And I gave them the state of their island address. Yeah? Not Mm -hmm. like of the state. And that actually made it more relevant to what's going on in their Well, isn't that what you do when you go live on Facebook? You give a state Mm -hmm. of the community, right? Yep, yep. So would you empower all the representatives to do that then? Would you encourage every... Oh, absolutely. I've tried to encourage some of my colleagues. And like, yep, this is the the button called live. Mm -hmm. Just like, boop. And then just talk to people. But again, because I'm used to not being scripted, like I love not being scripted, that's just uncomfortable for some people. They need the binder. I mean, it's also Mm -hmm. like imagine if you after this podcast went to your parents' house and said, "Okay, I'm going to show you how to post a story like they would be like, oh, yeah, what do you even I don't even have Instagram. Open up his flip phone. Exactly. Yeah, no, it wouldn't work. Okay, so you're 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 people forward. You're social media forward. You're right on the on the edge of communicating with people. Maybe that comes with with your background, your age, you know, just your your ability to grasp technology. You're in a room full of men and women who don't do that. So how do you change the culture? Um, I think that I encourage more people that haven't been involved to get involved. You know, people always ask me that. How do you get younger people to get involved? I was like, uh, you be a young person and then you get involved. You know, um, yeah. the other day was National Voter Registration Day and they had a record number of people sign up. Yeah. And I would imagine that it's mostly the millennial demographic. Oh, for sure. Guys on IG are always like, Andrew got my vote. She got my vote. And I always say, are you even registered? Mm-hmm. Hi. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> we're talking for real here. This is not just for IG. Like, can I count on you? Oh, I don't even know where to go. Can you DM me what to do? I like, yeah. I think that's a big part of the problem for millennials is they don't know the process. Right. Is it is is it a huge hurdle to get people registered to vote? Oh, right now, no. Because two years ago, the state did the very first online voter application. So now you can go online. I think it's olvr.org or something. You go on there. You can fill it out. You can become a registered. And even more so this year, they're going to allow registration all the way up to the day of the election so on the day of the election yes so you can day. show up at the poll yes, and register and vote that same day why is that taking so long to do oh i mean that just that just makes sense doesn't it well and i think there's there's things that they have to vet out especially with ids and verifications of people at the polls but the reality is that this year is a huge opportunity for people who have that hurdle of getting registered because mm-hmm. now it's like all those barriers are taken away you can jump online you can do it you can walk in on the day of and you can do it like it's as easy as 
the easiest that I've ever seen. Okay, so you go to olvr.hawaii.gov slash register.aspx. But I just regist- I just Googled Hawaii online voter registration, and it, it was right there. So it wasn't too hard? If, not if not for can, me, if yeah. If I can do it, then it's yeah. not too hard, definitely. There's hope. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's our litmus test around here. If yeah. Flash is able to do it in less than five yeah. minutes, anyone can do it. Also, on a related note, boom. 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 Mo, where are you at? Come on. <laughs> All right, let's, um, let's talk about what's motivating people to vote. People are, are getting motivated to vote because of this endless cycle of media coverage of just about everything that's happening. Some people are motivated by what they see they like, what they don't like. Um, I don't know if this is off. I, you know, we're, we haven't really discussed what we can and can't talk about. And if you're not comfortable with it, I mean, you just let me know. But right now, the Kavanaugh hearings are turning into a really divisional point for a lot of Americans. You know, people who are who are turning this into a, a battle of the sexes as men versus, you know, boys being boys versus women who've who've got real stories to tell. Right. Um, when you talk about something like this in politics, it's hard not to take a, 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 a party side to it, even though it shouldn't be a party issue. Thank should you. it? No, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like domestic violence should be taken very seriously. And obviously the president, you know, he supported the seventh investigation and that's what we should do. Due process, do what you need to do, get the facts out there. So, but again, I, I don't think it should be a party issue, but as you see, the division just grows larger and larger every Due day. process as in give the FBI access to all the witnesses and let them take their time with no time limit and like a regular investigation should be. Yeah. I mean, that's what people are asking, right? Is go through the process that all of us understood. I think it's the same reason why people don't want to get involved, right? Is when people change the rules of the game, they're like, ah, I don't want to play this game anymore. Mm -hmm. So stick to what was supposed to happen as far as any investigation that would happen under the FBI. Right. So we look at this from, you know, just anybody who watches the media. I mean, I'm obviously not involved in politics, but from somebody who watches the media, you immediately dig in and take sides. You immediately dig in and say, why don't we do it this way? And then if you don't take sides, you just watch. It almost looks like it's it's always Republicans versus Democrats, it, it, no matter what the issue is. Or, well, some of the, w- the issues with Brett is then it's men versus women. Right, which it's is also re- a, a division. Right, you know? but that's what I'm saying. It seems to be either either or, men versus women why or Republicans versus Democrats. Why can't it just be right versus, versus wrong? I mean, I don't understand why it always has to be red Both versus sides blue, think they're right, men though. versus women. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I feel like I'm in this world of, of ugliness and toxicity that I don't even I didn't even know before because being a music teacher, it's just butterflies and flowers yeah. and it's just beautiful. <laughs> but like once you walk, you know, step into this, you're like, whoa, like, yeah. this is so like politically charged everywhere I go. But what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, you know, I get it that we should have opinions on everything. But my thing is that, you know, I have a certain realm of influence and I need to work within that realm of influence. Can I fix the painted lines on Farrington Highway and protect people's lives? I can do that. Can I fix the school and renovate the locker rooms and get them uh, jerseys and shoes? I can do that. Like, and I every day as a representative, I try to think down on just like, what can I do today to help people's lives? Because people want me to get worried about federal issues and what's happening in Venezuela and what, you know what? I understand that we need to be aware of it, but at the same time, we lose the time that we should spend on focusing on the people of Hawaii and helping more local families stay here. So with the governor position, if you had, if you won the election today and you were suddenly given the keys to the state, 
are things going the way we should right now? Is the state in a good direction or would you immediately make some changes? Can we ask everyone in the room? Is the state going in the right direction, guys? All right. What do you guys think? You, you think we're Hawaii is doing the right thing right now? Sway. Sway. No, she's, she's shaking her head Sway no. Sway says no. <laughs> Mo. All right. No. Nobody wants to get involved with politics. No, Mo is shaking saying his no. head. No. Okay. A general consensus Boys. is is Hawaii could, could be better. <laughs> the kids in the corner are like, huh? Yeah. They're like, what? <laughs> well, I mean, the reason why I ask that is because I think everyone's so used to having, you know, the leader dictate every decision. You know, the way I run my community is I empower them to have their own voice. So when I walk into a room and I have a town hall, it's not about what Andrea thinks. It's about what do you guys think we need to do for our community? Because at the end of the day, I'm going to need everybody's help to get this done. So in the room, if we all agree that there's something going wrong in Hawaii and we don't think it's going the right direction, then I have to find consensus. I have to bring people together and be like all right so if the department of education needs to be revamped let's talk about it right now who thinks it needs to be revamped okay raise your hand that means you're going to all participate okay what are you going to do to make it better what are you going to do to make it better what see because at the end of the day no one not one person can make the changes we need to make in hawaii it's everyone so i need to figure out one what are all those changes need to be but the best thing that i have to do and probably the most important thing i got to cast a clear vision and that's my my problem about the last four years of me being a legislator what is the vision of Hawaii? Mm. Because for four years, I've seen us tag back and forth and back and forth. Like, you know, we heard, what, three years ago, we're going to double food production. Sorry, did any of that happen? Oh, yeah, nothing. Oh, we're going to help the schools. Like, okay, so we got some aircon units coming up. Okay, what else? Like, I'm just concerned. Like, is there any overarching theme of what we're trying to do for the people of Hawaii? Because the vision that I'm casting, running for governor of the state of Hawaii, is that I need to help more local families afford to stay here. That's what I have to do. I have to make it so that we don't get pushed out of this place that we call home, whether it is the cost of living, whether it is the jobs that we don't have, or whether it is the low-performing education system that we have. And every decision I make as governor has to go back to, am I accomplishing that vision? Am I helping more local families stay here? Am I helping more local jobs or local businesses want to open here? And that's how we should run the state. One of the, uh, one of the, the tenets of the GOP in general is... Less government, less taxes, more freedom of the market. In a state like Hawaii, where we're taxed pretty heavily, where it's already very expensive to live, it would make sense. Choke that, expensive. Right. It would make sense that that, okay, I could see people getting behind the, yeah, I'll, I'll do less taxes. You know, I'll make it more affordable to live here. But at the same time, um, where's the money going to come from? You know, oh, how do we afford to run the state? The Legalize it! <laughs> Flash on his own page over here. Well, people always say that to me, and it just makes me so enraged because our state wastes so much money. We waste money. Give me an example of the waste. Okay, let me give you a few examples. Let's talk about all the special funds. So within each department, they have a special fund. That's money outside of the general fund. Some departments have between 70 and 150 special funds. Some of these special funds have millions of dollars in it, and they lay dormant. I sat on the finance committee. I got to look through it, and I was appalled. I was like, what? We had 14 million in that account just sitting there for how many years we have tax credits that should have been sunsetted that people are still collecting tax money on and the legislature looks at it oh shoot we should have shut that tax credit down oh yeah that's right people are still getting rebates on that okay let's end it this year we have leases at the honolulu harbor where people haven't paid lease for gen like decades they just are there and the state's like oh yeah we're gonna go back and try to figure out how much they owe and i mean it's so we've got everywhere. an accounting problem 
Oh, huge. They tried to fix the tax uh, modernization system. So a few years ago, they found out that our tax system, a.k.a. the collecting of tax thereof, is antiquated. It's too outdated. We need to update it. Guess how much money they spent to update the system, and it's still broken? $30 million. Wow. Ta-da-da-da. That's all the waste. So there's a lot of money being oh. wasted. Oh, yeah. So you're saying the money is here. It just needs to be properly reallocated. Right. The Department of Education last year got $1.9 billion. Why are the teachers so broke? Why are the schools so dilapidated? Where's the money going? You didn't hear the last news story was that they're going to give another raise to all the administrators, Mm -hmm. all the superintendents. I saw that. I saw the upper level raise. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I get it. We have a lot of, you know, need. But at the same time, I am the believer that everything we need is right in front of us. But we are not moving efficiently. Is that something that the leader can impose? Can, Can the governor come down and say, let's trim the fat? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's not about trimming the fat. It's reallocating the funds that are already there. Right. I mean, think about it. If we actually just trim down that and actually give it to the weighted student formula, right now the per-pupil funding for public schools is 12000 per student. For charter schools, it's 7000 per student. One, let's equitably fund it. Let's give all students that go to public school equal funding. Then let's up the weighted student formula, and then whatever's left, that's what's going to get go for the administration. Wow. You have to put the right pieces in the right order. It goes rocks, then sand, then water. Yeah, you don't do it the opposite way. Is that what we're doing right now? Yeah. We're totally going from the other end up? <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we have this you know, this jar. We put all the water in, then we try to shove the rocks in, mm-hmm. and then we're like, oh, frick, what about the Hawaiians? Oh, yeah, put them over here, and then you know, no more room. Yes, because you're not prioritizing the right things in the right order. So you prioritize your people first, and then everything comes after. Prioritize the people first. That's it. Where did you get this? Oh, I don't know. Like just. <laughs> oh my God! This Mal- is this Maleko is, is smitten. This is insight. I mean, it's you. It makes sense when you say. You know why? Because totally I'm a mom. Makes sense. I'm a mom. That's why. Okay. Snaps. But let's say you do get elected, and and you have all this, these clear, concise, very simple, straightforward ideas on how to make stuff happen. You're still stuck with the rest of the Hawaii government. So how how do you get you know like when you said when you're when, when you're doing these town halls and you're like how are what are you going to do you you have to hold people accountable so let's say you get elected and you have all these great ideas how you're gonna, do you you're going to blast them on Twitter how do you get all these guys Facebook yeah live? Right, in, you know, open up Facebook Live right okay. in front of, you know. I'll share some of my secrets. Okay. Okay, so this is secret number one, is that I'm super good at working around the government. <laughs> so, like, I get crap done on so many different levels because I'm very creative. So I think the creativity part has to come in first, which is that I'm going to have to find ways to navigate around people. I always say you can't choose who you work with, but you can choose how you work with them. Mm. So the way that Same I, like family. Yeah. Right? Or podcast partners. So... <laughs> My job is not going to be to move people because they're going to be there. My job is going to see how do I navigate with them or around them, right, to get what we need to get done. Secondly is that I need to motivate and inspire people to rise to their potential because there are legislators that have been in there. Let me get That's hard. It's hard. The old boy network. But they're but, content but. in their ways and collecting the paychecks and moving at a snail's pace. And I would agree that there's a group of people like that. But I would say and I would argue that there might be a group of people that don't pertain to that. You know, we have quite a few new legislators that are coming. And then as soon as you come to the Capitol, they trick you and they make you think you got to do it this way, that way. Mm-hmm. There could be a g- group of people out there that are actually willing to rise to their potential. And I'm talking about in the departments. I'm talking about department heads. I'm talking because I know a lot of good people that work within this same matrix of confusion that I work with. And that they're super concerned because they want to do the right thing for the people. But they don't know where to start. Exactly. So I'm going to have to use my energy because I believe 
uh, energies attract energies. Right. So I'm going to have to use my energy and attract people that believe the same thing that I believe, which is that all of the solutions are right in front of us, that all of the possibilities are there and that everything is possible. Wouldn't it be easier for you to lead this, uh, this, this mishmash of politicians if you were at least a Democrat? I mean, wouldn't it be oh. easier for you oh, that's to, a good get, question. to get them to fall? I mean, hear me out. There's what, five Republicans? Five? Yes, I'm the leader of the five. Thank you. Right? That's hard. I mean, that's really hard to have one small minority lead a mass of people, particularly in this country that is currently div- devised across very strict party lines. Um, you know, I would disagree with that. Um, the only reason I say that is because when you are in a group of people that have a set way of thinking and decades of tradition and decades of people that are waiting for positions, it is no easier for you than a Republican. It isn't. Oh, no. I have guys that are my age that are elected into office that told me I will never get the kind of shot that you're getting right now because I will have to wait till I'm 80 years old to be able to run for that spot mm-hmm. because Hanabusa is next and then Ige's next. Sure. And then yeah. Kochi's I mean, if you next. were running as a Democratic candidate, you'd have been out already because is there, right? right? That makes total or sense. Or I would have been like, I had to wait till I'm 75 or 80 to, in order for it to be quote unquote my time. You run the risk of getting stonewalled, though. You get elected. You're now the Republican governor of a blue state. I you would know, disagree with that too. You, you I think, think Lingle was successful, and in, she, in in she, she was. And she's I mean, got to be the example for you of how to make it work. We're drawing the parallels with Lingle. Uh, maybe you haven't ever once said her name that I can recall. So you're not drawing any parallels with her. But I mean, it's it's hard not to, right? Well, I mean, the reality is is that she was an anomaly that came in and got stuff done. She was a neighbor island mayor, so it was. Usually people are from Oahu that run for governor, so Mm -hmm. that was one thing. She ran with a Hawaiian retired judge, so that was a great thing, right? So I think that when I look at this, it would be that way if I thought that all Democrats were the same, but they are not. I work in the state house. I know for a fact that in the house that there's multiple divisions, and in the Senate there's three distinct divisions. Mm -hmm. There is no quote-unquote, we're all Democrats and we all think the same. It's not like that. It's meant for himself in that place. Really? So good luck. Yeah. When you get in there, you have to navigate through personalities and not through parties. So I'm navigating constantly through. What that's just life, though. That's not politics. That's though? life. Isn't it true? And that's yeah. the thing, though, is that Egos. people lead you to believe that life would be Egos. so much better <laughs> if if you were just a Democrat. But sure. nobody's going to be singing Kumbaya for me if I go become a Democrat. Then, oh, my gosh, Andrew's yeah. here. No, because so. then they're going to say, no, it's Ego's yeah, turn. Happened? It's not your turn. Yeah. What, was it Beth Fukumoto? Is she the one that, that crossed party lines? That's the one? Yeah. 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 She didn't get accepted very, very likely. No. Anyway, boom. Boom. <laughs> I'm so thirsty. This drink is empty. This is so intense, guys. This is crazy. This is not like a regular podcast. No. I'm I so want you to know, thirsty. Coming into this, we didn't know what to expect. Have you heard, You've listened to the podcast. Yes. Tell I me you have. Okay, so you, you no, know. What, what, don't ask her if she's listened to the podcast like it's a foregone conclusion. She probably listened to two minutes on her walk over here. Okay, they did send me a few links and said, exactly. listen to this before you walk into the studio. I was like, Andrea, no one listens to this podcast except my mom. We've made this abundantly clear over the course of the podcast. So. We have statistics and analytics. We know it for a fact. Only one person it just listens. Says, it just says Flash's mom on every back-end <laughs> oh, analytic. Oh, thank you, Auntie, for listening. <laughs> All right, we did get some people who, to ask us some questions, though. Right. A, a uh, lot of people with a lot of they were extremely it's, passionate. It's very interesting here. We we got a lot of questions um, from. We just basically put it out there. We said, "Hey, social media, uh, we're going to have her on the show. What do you want to know?" Um, and we got tons of responses. A lot of questions came up about LGBT 
Q uh, questions from that community. So we're going to dive into that now. Let's do okay? it. All right, Should we get talk- a drink first? Oh, are you are you empty? Yes. Look we, at you. We got Sway's making us new cocktails. Okay. Ooh, Sway, right. what do we got over here? Teaser, then. We'll Is just this... let that one hang in the air for a minute. Okay, there what you do go. You... Come on over here to the microphone. Tell us what you're making up for us next. Okay, so we have our Makawao Avenue. It's going to have Rittenhouse rye, honey, and lemon, and our house-made ginger beer. Wow. Ah. All right. <laughs> oh, you need water? Oh, wow. <laughs> Very gingery, yeah? Wait, there's no alcohol in that for her, right? No, no okay. there's no alcohol. She's Whoa. It's not the alcohol, it's the ginger. That Ooh, that burns. Ginger. The ginger, yeah. So we actually make it in-house. We have cayenne pepper. We use ginger. We use um, lemon juice, um, bitters, and honey. Wow. I heard that's yep. good for you, though, the cayenne pepper. I drink it, and sometimes it's supposed to, like, help like your metabolism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's, that's what uh, it is. It tastes like the cleanse drink. Yeah, I was going to say I cayenne pepper making... has the that's cleanse stuff is. in it. I was going to say, I've used this when we do cleanses. Yeah, yeah this is the cayenne pepper <laughs> and the ginger. See, because when you drink it when you're cleansing, you don't want to eat because your mouth is burning. This <laughs> is so great. I, I have video of your face <laughs> the second that you sip it. And it's By like... the way, I do want to shout out to Moku for using paper straws. Oh, yeah. Well done. Good job. Good job, good job. All right, Sway, you can put the vodka in mine now or whatever. What's it's whiskey. Oh, whiskey? It's in in there? No, I just I wasn't sure if it was in there or not. Okay. Okay. Getting back to the uh, social media questions. I I dropped a bomb on you before the drink came in here. Um, Boom. Boom. Everybody. Boom. Boom. So we put the questions out to the people. We got a response. And uh, the biggest, a lot of the majority of the questions came in uh, about equal rights. Received a lot of questions about your stance on SB 501. Now, Ige signed the bill into law last year. Now, uh, limited service pregnancy centers in Hawaii must protect the privacy of healthcare information, uh, ensure notification for consumers that publicly funded family planning services are available through the state. This is a really long explanation here. Um, and provide them with immediate pregnancy test results. Um, LSPCS includes anti-abortion organizations that promote themselves as health care providers and offer free pregnancy tests and privacy regulations. Now, the current governor, Ige, signed this bill into law last year. It had a lot of amendments. Originally, you voted yes with reservations the first few times, but ultimately you voted against it. So what specific amendments added made you change your mind? Um, you know, so this this bill, I think, at the inception was something that was looking for transparency, which I'm all about. However, there were two parts of the bill. I would say it was Section B and C. In that bill, it's HRS 321-561, if you want to look that up. But um, basically, it's asking these um, service centers to put up a notification at their business. Now, we had talked about it in the hearing about freedom of speech, meaning that if you're a business and you don't offer X, Uh, You don't need to put up a sign that says, I don't offer X, you can get it somewhere else. You do your business, the people come in, they have to figure out, you know, what you offer, what you don't, and then get what they want from somewhere else if you don't offer it. Mm -hmm. So we had told them, you know, this signage thing is going to be an issue because the same case was pending in the Supreme Court on a law that California had passed. So I told the chair of the health committee that I said, this is going to be overturned because of unconstitutionality and actually on September 20th of this year, it was ruled that it was unconstitutional. So I have it in front of me. And it's it's not the whole thing, though. It was the part that we were concerned about. And the part that we were concerned about was Section B and C, which it says here that the judgment, it was what we call a injunction. 
So what happened is the parties came together and they all mutually agreed that this was correct, that it was unconstitutional because the Supreme Court ruled on the California law. Okay. Ours was not identical to California, though. So if you took out that amendment, you would be okay with the, well, the original intent of yeah, the bill? The, the rest of it was basically just asking for transparency and services, but there was a portion of it that said you had to put up a sign saying the state of Hawaii provides da 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 at other places and not here, and then there was a fine for it that if you didn't put it up... You didn't put up the sign. Right, and it was... It was targeted towards five centers. So we typically don't make legislation for five people. We make statewide legislation where everyone has to comply with a um, transparency policy, right? Um, disclose what you're doing, whatever else. So all, all, in, all that to be said is that when they ruled on this a few weeks ago, it kind of reaffirmed what we had been bringing up to them. So Section B and C is now not enforceable per the courts. How do these little things get added in there? Like section B and C get added in. It seems like semantics. It's just a tiny Haven't little thing. Have you ever thing. watched The West Wing, man? Oh no, I've seen it. I, I understand. <laughs> I mean, don't don't ask me how the I mean, I'm not asking how the sausage is made. I get it. It's very complicated. But here you have a perfectly good intended bill with with what most people would consider reasonable uh, accommodations for people. And then you add in something like this which Okay, in this case, clearly is unconstitutional, and it makes the whole thing invalid. Can't we just take that out and move forward? We should have. You know, we brought it up multiple times in the hearing, like if we had taken that part out. But again, the people who are lobbying for this bill, they absolutely said that it had to be in. Or else you're, you're, you're like asking politics not to be politics. That's like how the frustration Isn't of how it, politics works. Is it works. just sabotage? Do they just throw these things in there just to kill it? I don't know. You know, there's so much competing personalities and egos where I work at. It's you think somebody crazy. in there really wanted this? Oh, yes. They, they absolutely thought this must happen? Yes. Who yes. was it? Who was it? <laughs> okay. I'll let you go. Seriously, who was it? <laughs> Starts with a... It's, we're not recording. This is... There's no... It's fine. <laughs> Only my mom's listening. It's right. just the... B- it ends with a boom. Mm. Oh! Um, LBGTQ. I want to get to that. Okay. Um, do you believe that sexual orientation is a choice or not? Do I believe that sexual orientation is a choice? If someone is gay, is that a choice? Like you know, or is that, no. or is that just, or is that is that just the way they are? I think it's just the way they are. Okay. Would you uh, would you agree that that's not necessarily a stance that most GOP would agree with? Probably. I like that. You're being independent here. It's good. But you think it's, it, I mean, you, you agree with that. So do you believe in equal rights then for all? Yes. Okay. So no matter how they associate, man, woman, transgender. Yes. Equal rights. This is important. This is currently, you know, what, what people are asking us. Right, and, and again, right, right. these are all social media questions. Here. And you're a Republican. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, so one might assume that because you are a Republican, that uh, you know, gay rights don't quite equal as much. Right. No, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. I think it's valid, and I feel like even more so with me running as a Republican, it really leads a lot of people to ask questions. Because if I was a Democrat, nobody would ask me that. It's true. Guaranteed. It's that's true. A, that's true. <laughs> okay, she turned it around on us. Now I feel dirty. That's true. <laughs> no, but that's that, that's. I mean, it, when you choose to be a Democrat or Republican, that's these are the kind of questions you're going to get. Whichever side you land on, people are going to ask you about certain specific mm-hmm. issues. What about um, what about health care for women? Uh, you're a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, there are currently, you know, you talk about uh, some of the issues that are that are going through. We talk about um, 
uh, well, not not necessarily healthy. I mean, we have a good healthcare system in Hawaii. We have good rules for healthcare in Hawaii. But mm-hmm. a lot of women mm-hmm. um, would want to have like birth control covered, mm-hmm. um, and they would like to have uh, certain certain medications and certain things that are strictly for women covered. And these are some things that that traditionally get stripped out um, by Republican leaders on a national scale. Yeah, so, you know, right now, actually, Hawaii has a lot of choice laws, meaning that we allow abortion and we have no restriction on the age, actually. Mm-hmm. And most states follow, and I'm reading this off because I did actually study this before I came here. You knew we were going to ask. Oh, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. So most states have, they follow the federal funding, which is that you are not allowed to use public dollars, meaning Medicaid dollars for abortion. However, in each of the states, they have a variation of what they allow and don't allow. So we are one of four states that provide funding voluntarily. So it's us, uh, Maryland, New York, and Washington. And then 13 other uh, courts interpret their constitution, and they actually give choice reproductive services. So the state of Hawaii will provide funding for abortions? It says that we provide it voluntarily. So I think that it actually is allowable per Medicaid dollars because of the way that our laws are. Okay. I, that's I, your understanding of That's it. my understanding And that's fine. It. So would you, any interest in changing that? Do you think that federal dollars should be used for abortions? Um. I think that right now, the way that the laws are written, like I uphold the current laws and that any discussion of changing it should happen at the level of the people, meaning at the legislature. So Mm -hmm. when people talk to me about law changes, I always tell them, like, I'm not a legislator anymore. (laughs) Like, I'm actually terming out. So when you want to change laws and talk about uh, modifications, I believe it should be happening at the legislative level so that people's voices can be heard. There is not one person that should be deciding this for people. It should be the people of Hawaii deciding it for us. So I believe that that's why people are elected as legislators, is they're supposed to represent their constituents, bring their voices to the table, and then if you want to change laws, that's where we do it. But there shouldn't be one person governing the state of Hawaii swaying their agenda and changing things without the voice of the people, and I will not be doing that. Without the well, you wouldn't be able to. Nope. I mean, you, you'd have to You'd have to get the legislators. You could try. Problem. You could try. No, no, sure. It, there's actually policies when he, within each department that the governor has purview over. Let me mm. sh- give you an example. Okay. A guy just called me yesterday. He owns E.K. Fernandez. Mm-hmm. And so he was saying that they were trying to get a law passed through the legislature to basically ban them from parts of what they do at the, at the circus, at the fairs. And if you don't know, Maui County Fair is this weekend, and they do it. It's the animals, right? They're trying to right, keep Right, right, right. Yeah. So anyways, long story short, they had a couple hearings about it, and every hearing that they've had at the Senate and at the um, House, all of them have been overturned because of the large amount of people that don't want to see this only business get shut down in Hawaii, right? So what happens? Uh, the legislation doesn't pass, and then the governor decided to just change a policy within the Department of Agriculture to do the same thing. So he did it anyway. He did it anyway. So... You, what you're saying is the governor does have some sweeping ability to change things. So if you were anti-abortion, you probably could find a way to ban abortions, uh, get federal funds for abortions. See, but that's the thing, though, is that should somebody who's governor be able to change policies like that after the people have spoken out? I don't think so. So that's that's where I'm saying. Isn't that, that the, the isn't that part of the perks of being governor? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's good to be the king, right? Yeah, but I'm a strong believer that there's many other things that need to happen in the state of Hawaii besides those things. I mean, I get it that we need to fight for the rights of this group or that group, but the overarching things is what I should be concerned with, which is the effectivity of the departments, who I appoint as the department chairs, who I appoint for the boards and commissions. And people have no idea how much power these people have, Mm -hmm. even stronger than the legislature. The governor appoints 160 boards and commissions and 16 department heads. You know what this is? The PUC, the Public Utilities Commission, the Board of Regents for UH the Board of Education, the Board of Land and Natural Resources. And people would argue that the Board of Land and Natural Resources has more power than the legislature because they do zoning, land use, I mean, huge decisions that 
only one little board controls, and they're all appointed by the governor. When you come in as governor, if you won, would you get to reappoint those 160 people? Yes. Well, let's talk about um, the state of uh, the, the, the land. Let's talk about the land use right now. Uh, let me go back to the question. I had it written so- down. <laughs> These guys get there, all political there's, on there's me. A, there's I right know. now, there's what uh, what I would consider an over-gentrification that's happening. That's where it and, is. And Waikiki is a perfect example. Do whatever you want with Kalakaua. That ship sailed a long time ago. But now they're coming for, for Kuhio, mm-hmm. which used to be funky and cool in mom-and-pop shops. And now you have everything that's happening on Kalakaua happening on Kuhio. And it's pushing out the small local businesses that have been there forever. And now the average room rate in Waikiki keeps going up and up and up. And there's a certain level of tourist and local that just can't ever afford to go into Waikiki anymore. And that's just indicative of a bigger problem, like the pro- proliferation of these luxury condos going up where mm-hmm. most of the owners that are purchasing it are foreigners. They don't even live here because the average local person can't afford these luxury high rises. And then there's a lack of affordable housing. There's just a disconnect between what's being constructed and who it's for versus who's living here and who locally can actually take advantage of what this construction is. So I guess the question is, would you keep Kuhio as it is, or if you would you prefer that with all the new high-end development, keep pushing locals out? Oh, well, I'm all about locals. Right. So, like, hashtag support local everything. I think that, you know, the bigger problem, which is what you brought up about gentrification, is that the state is te- uh, typically taking these stances towards supporting larger developers that actually have that cash flow they can put down that capital they can get a permit and wait two years for it not like local guys who after they pull a permit and they can't get it for two years they go under right because they got guys on the line or they have uh, supplies that aren't being used so my thought process in what you're saying is that we actually have to make that connect between supporting local developers who are making houses for local families because too often we're talking about what can we build for tourists or what can we do and we're not prioritizing the people of our state and so one of the things that was brought up to me when I was in Lahaina is that there's actually a provision per their county law that for every resort developed that they have to develop X amount of affordable houses. And the people in the Haina were meeting with me. They said, this is BS. They said, look at this resort, this resort, this resort. They said, we can tell you of all these resorts that only one of them actually built a subdivision for local families. So they're not complying with They're those. not being held accountable. Right. So we, we have that here, too. Right. Right. Well, and I don't know what the provision is for our county, but I know specifically in Maui, they made that because of how many resorts were going mm-hmm. up that they had to build an equitable amount of housing that was going to be for local families. But that also speaks to a bigger problem of foreign investment versus local investment. And, you know, one of the things that people bring up is Hasinta Arden. She is the... Um, Prime Minister for New Zealand. She's actually my age too. She's oh, the single, the single Prime Minister. Yeah. Flash. Yes. That's how he knows her. She's single. <laughs> well, Hasinta has been talking a lot about them um, banning all foreign investment and not investment, but foreign purchase of property. But this is not a, this is not a new concept. If you guys know anything about Tonga, which is an island kingdom, my husband is Tongan. In Tonga, you cannot buy land if you are not Tongan. So mm-hmm. you can lease and you can rent, but it. you cannot buy. Love it. So, is that something we could do in Hawaii? 
I think so. I mean, my, my thought process is we have to actually go down that road and explore it because we haven't. There would be a ton of resistance to we, that. We're at a point now where we can't really afford to keep building houses for people that don't live here. Right. There right. are people who've lived or here Or the top 1% that live here. Who right. don't, there's, a, there's a homeless community in Waianae, which actually does a great job of creating a community. Um, I want to talk about that a little bit. Let's talk right. about this homelessness Let's do problem it. that we got. First of all, we've got a shining example of how a community can work in Waianae. And then we've got downtown Honolulu, where we just keep pushing people out of uh, alcoves and alleyways into the streets. And then they just go find another alcove and alleyway to sleep in. But they don't ever find homes. How do we fix that? Well, you know, specifically with that problem, you know, I know these uh, families very well. And so the Waianae Boat Harbor, which they call Pu'ohonua, is led by Twinkle Borge. And so two years ago, the state had approached them and said, you know what? There's 230 of you guys at the Boat Harbor. Whatever agreement you guys had with the state before, you guys are now not under that agreement. You need to pack up your stuff. Get out of here. I remember that. And so the, the issue that people had in Waianae was, okay, you guys are going to say that. Where are they going to go? So you just can push them around to other beaches. Are they going to end up behind our house? Like there needs to be a plan, right? A plan of what we're going to do. And so when I met with them, Twinkle said, Andrew, I want you to come to the meeting. And I was like, ah, I don't know why I want to come to the meeting, auntie. She's like, no, no, no. You're the girl that gets stuff done. I want you to see what these guys are doing. And I was like, all right. So I showed up at this meeting. No joke. I wish I had never gone because I never get those minutes back of my life. But they were basically talking about stuff that doesn't matter. They're like, what kind of houses do you guys envision? What should we do about the Mo'okuo'ho and the genealogy of where we come from? And I was like, what are we talking about? I was like, either we have land or we don't have land. So are, are they going to have land or are they not going to have land? Because that's where we should start the, the conversation. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty important. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I can't do this anymore. So they came up to me. They said, Andrea, how do we start? I said, first off, you guys become a nonprofit. They said, oh, you know what? It's going to take us a lot of money. People say it's going to take a lot of time. So they came over to my house one night. We did it in one night. I said, don't listen to what anybody says. I'll help you make a nonprofit tonight. We did it in my house. We went online. They got some money together. So now they're official nonprofit. I don't know, but they just launched this week. I don't know if you saw it, their own website. They actually laid out a drawing of what the village is going to look like, everything. Now they're looking for land. So my whole thing is. What's the website? Oh, let's see. Sorry. Sorry to throw you While we're pulling that up. Yeah. Okay, so we've got a community that's a great example for that. Well, and I think that the whole thing that, you know, I was trying to get at is that it, it all starts with a land conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, you cannot just say, oh, we can build these imaginary houses for you. Where? Where? Where are we building them at? What's the holdup on land? We've got lots of land here. That's what I'm saying. Why can't we just reserve some land for people to create their own their own community? That's what I'm saying is that the, the state has land everywhere. You're talking about DLNR, DHHL. I mean, the Department of Hawaiian Homelands is land everywhere. And is it a liability issue? Uh, it's that and a no no desire issue. Hmm. You know, when you don't give a rats, then you don't do anything. Wow. You know, you know we're getting to the point where people can barely afford to live where they live. You know, people living paycheck to paycheck. Rents are extremely high. I think the, the latest rent report came out. We got the highest rent Hashtag in the country. Hashtag let Hawaii happen, Maleko. Right? So what happens if, let's say, tomorrow you lose your job, you're living month to month, paycheck to paycheck. You, your two kids, your husband, you're suddenly without housing. You can't move in with mom because she's already got brother and sister living there. So now what do you do? We've got a situation where we've got to accommodate, as you said, you're all about the locals. You're all about the people of the island. Where do we put these people when they can't afford to live 
in the ranch that we've built for them in Kakaako. Well, and moreover is when you say we have enough land, my thing is that people are led to believe like there is no solution. What we're trying to say is that there is plenty of land, but is there the desire to help people get on their land? You know what a housing division is within the state? Oh, it's called Department of Hawaiian Homelands. Their specific initiative is to build houses. How many houses did they build last year? Oh, yeah, zero. Hmm. And then this year, they built 65. They just announced it last week. 65. And mahalo, like, I love that the fact that 65 people got leases, but is that standard just a little bit low for a department that gets mm, between 14 and 27 million a year? Is it a little low to build 65 houses in one year? Like, or is zero acceptable? What are they doing with the money then? (sighs) Admin. There's just offices and just people showing up to work every day doing their nine to five. Okay. By the so, way, the uh, I hate to interrupt, but the it, the website for the YNI homeless community is alohalivesheer.org. and you can actually go there and right on the homepage, you can just click on the donate button and uh, contribute to their future. And it shows the layout there. And shout out to my friend James Pakele because he was a big uh, force behind this. They actually created this website. Yeah. This is a legit it. website. That's what I'm saying. It's a real deal. You you empower people, they will get there. You, that community, and they'll give you tours. If anybody is, is curious, if you want to see what a community built from the ground up looks like, and this is people who came with nothing, and they came in there, they've established their own rules, their own community guidelines. They've, uh, they provide resources for the community to, to get jobs, to stay employed, to uh, child care services. I mean, there's a lot going on within this community. It's not just a bunch of ragtag blue tarps and, and pallets up in the middle of nowhere. Actually, like one of the things, I guess their motto or whatever it is, it says, we're not homeless, we're a village without a place. And that's, that's I, powerful. That's, that's, that's very well said. I don't know that it's replicable. I don't know that we can no, do this all no. over the island. It's certainly unique. I would agree. You know, when people ask me about that, because we passed an Ohana Zone bill, which I just got interviewed at like 30 minutes ago, because people want to know, we allocated $30 million towards Ohana Zones. And FYI, the plan from the governor is due by December for how we're going to allocate that $30 million. It's going to be three sites here on Oahu, one on Hawaii Island, one on Maui, and one on Kauai. But do Ohana Zones work everywhere? And I would argue no. Because you know what Twinkles them have? They have relationships of trust, and they have a leader. Mm. And that is not the case in every encampment. Well, I they know. have a real Ohana. Right. And mm. I know because I walk through these encampments. In some of the encampments, we have a one on a coolie that's called the jungle. And it's called the jungle for a reason, because it's no man's land. No white people allowed. <laughs> well, it's just more like there's no rules. It's just yeah. anything goes, anything drugs, goes. whatever, you know. So my thing is that every encampment is very distinct and different. And the only way that their encampment has succeeded is because they have established order with the leader and with relationships of trust. It's a huge issue. We can't tackle it all in one podcast. But I'm glad to hear that, that you were a part of this, at least this development here. Heck yeah. Because that is a shining example of how uh, a homeless encampment can work. So Aloha Stadium, Waikiki Shell. This is also a, an internet question here. Both way past their prime. Mm, that's my question. Oh, was that yeah. yours? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's written in the Of course. In the it internet was either from him font. or his mom, the question. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you never... <laughs> no, no, you, you skipped on to us. She's on to us, Flash. You skipped ahead, but that's fine. That's all right. Okay. Uh, Aloha Stadium, Waikiki Shell, both way past their prime. What would you do to rectify those uh, situations? And throw in the Blaisdell, too, while we're at it, because come on. Okay. Well, the Blaisdell and the Waikiki Shell are specifically under the city and county of Honolulu. And this is why it's been a sore spot about the rail. Is because the more money they allocate towards the rail, the more those two don't get any. Yeah. You know, the rail at this point, is it's going to get all the money. Well, and that's, Forever and ever. We told, we told Kurt Caldwell that. It's a black that. hole. Yeah. 
Well, because he came out with this budget that he's going to go renovate the Blaisdell and the Waikiki Shell, which people were like... $50 million for the Blaisdell. We were like, yo, fi- figure out what project you're going to prioritize yeah. here. Convention Center is getting a remodel. Well, they should work together, though. Rail doesn't even go through the Blaisdell. That's what I'm saying. How come, you know, you, you go... Rail any, doesn't go most places. It's The rail... Uh, okay, we're not going to talk about rail. So, so anyways, gonna, back to the stadium. Yeah. So the stadium is actually under the state purview. So it is actually under the governor's decision-making power. So there is a stadium authority. So I will be appointing the person who's over it. And I think one of the biggest problems we've had with the management of our uh, Aloha Stadium is, wait, hold on. No plan. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. So, yeah, when you have no plan, (laughs) then nothing happens. So are we trying to get more sports there? Oh, yeah, we have no plan. We don't know. Did we lose the Pro Bowl? Oh, yeah, we did because the thing was horribly organized. And because the Pro Bowl didn't want to play games with people in Hawaii that don't know how to mitigate parking issues, they pulled out. Should we get more sports where our Aloha Stadium is busy every single day? This is how the Staples Stadium. I mean, we're talking about across the country, the way that you make sports arenas work is you book it you get people to come through you know when they ha- tried to have the um, national soccer league come play they actually canceled it the yeah. week of yeah. right the the turf they said that the, the they players the refused turf, to play it, it had to be more than the no turf. the they turf was the, terrible they knew what the turf situation was before they got here but though. see this is my thing though did like, they or were they promised something that they, that couldn't be delivered yeah that's what i'm saying is that it happened the week before when they canceled it which means that there must have been a miscommunication about what they were going to expect when they came as soon as the players got here and saw the field everyone was like no we're not going to play on this so I believe that we need to think through what is the potential of the Aloha Stadium. Because if we think that there can be X amount of sports here, then we need to build a stadium that's going to equip that. It's not just sports, and it's not just the stadium. It's no, the what shell we need to do is we in the to arena, have, too. We need to have 365 Bruno Mars shows and just fill the stadium because I still haven't gotten my tickets. Matty boy, <laughs> damn it. I'm so, gonna, you know what? I'm going to call him up. He actually lived behind me. He went to the same elementary school as me. Oh, I'll yeah. be like, Bruno, Bruno. Hey, help out the state, yeah? Come That's do it. some more concerts. Thank you every day for two months. So <laughs> all of these venues, the Shell, the Arena, um, and the Stadium are woefully out of date. Yes. Um, yes. And they, you can't just look at them as a sports venue. Right. You need to look at them as a multi-function event venue where right. it could be sports, it could be a concert, it could be a private event, some sort of function. You need to basically well, just should, do whatever you can to book it. destination. I don't know why it, it's so isolated in the way it is. And the Blaisdell is the same way. You go to, you go to these arenas and these, these uh, stadiums in other cities, they've got shops and retail space all around them. Right. So you can go there even when there's no event right. just to shop at Macy's or whatever it is. And turn that area into a, a complex, that would be awesome. Like a complex that's centered around that stadium or that entity of entertainment that we have there. One of the things I always bring up is that we may never have an NFL team here, probably because of the distance, the NFL doesn't want to get into it, but wait, we could get some rugby out here because Polynesians be flying through Hawaii trying to get to Vegas to watch the Seven. We've done a few of those games here and they do well. Yep. Not just rugby, there's a lot of other sports be- besides the Big Four that you could go after that would right. make sense. Why don't we have pro volleyball here all the time? UFC wants to come out here quite oh, a bit. Oh, my cousin plays for Korea. Yeah, we should do that. You yeah. know what? You should be my sports authority guy. Wow. I think I should have. Yeah, the, I think we found it. Wow. One appointment this is what I'm, already this is what I'm done. saying. This is what I'm it. saying. Okay, you've got, you got his vote you and his many, mom's. You have too many good ideas. Let's do this. <laughs> So how is it that the convention center that's only been open for whatever, 15 years or whatever, gets a remodel already, 
Not saying it's not deserved because I just did a walkthrough of the convention center a couple weeks ago, and there's some things that they're missing too. I get it. But how does the convention center get remodeled dollars before the iconic Waikiki shell, before the Blaisdell, and before Aloha Stadium? That, that was the part that confused me. So that, that whole funding situation is very controversial because people do believe that we give way too much dollars for tourism and not for other things. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that HTA, Hawaii Tourism Authority, is over the, the stadium and their specific pockets of money designated for them. Last year, TAT, which is the Tourism Accommodation Tax, it brought in $560 million. And so typically their budget, and this year was a very big budget for them as well, their budget is fluxed on their ability to bring people here. Is HTA, is that the one George Segetti just got fired for? That's George. I saw George That's, last yeah. I just well, saw him on Monday. That explains right a lot in and of itself. I, I like George. What are you talking about? George got fired. I know. Sad. He's, he's, he's a good guy. I don't even want to get guy. into it. He's, you could be a good guy. It doesn't mean you're good at your job. Okay. Fair enough. Case you- in point, these two yo-yos right here. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Really? Oh, he does. He does. <laughs> All right. I want to I go back a little bit because I skipped one of Flash's uh, very important questions here. Um, and actually, this is I, I didn't realize this was on here. I missed this one the first time I read through. He doesn't read my notes ever, I obviously. I, I have to decode them. They're not written in English. I'm a lonely island of one over here, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> Marijuana. Legalize Cur- it. Cur- currently being legalized the around the planet. Including uh, here, medically. If you go to Canada right now, you can token blaze oh, uh, on the streets uh, with, with willy-nilly uh, concern for whatever. Here in Hawaii, we're making slow and steady progress. Even though marijuana has been legal for medication for decades. We're Ten fi- years. We're, a decade, okay. We're finally making some progress on on marijuana laws, which I think, personally, I think that marijuana laws are a little archaic, and there's a lot of people in jail for marijuana uh, possession and things and things having to do with marijuana, that they're being treated as if they're dealing heroin. Here in Hawaii, medical marijuana bills like SB 321 uh, are not going through with the kind of support that you would expect from a forward-thinking state like Hawaii. What's your position on medical marijuana here in Hawaii? Uh, I support medical marijuana, and so um, one of the questions you had sent me over is that I actually casted a no vote on that bill. And one of the reasons why is because when we had this discussion, we had told them that we should not override any zoning laws, meaning that if a community wants it, if a you know an island wants it, that let them decide where it goes and where you know so that everyone can buy into this idea of what's going to come into their community. Well, the way that that bill was written, it actually prohibited any county or any community from voicing out where the location was. And again, it's not that everybody should have control over everything, but I'm a huge community-minded person. And when you bring in a new business into a community, you want them to be welcomed. You want them to have that community buy-in so that people can rally around it. So I'm a very big home rule person, meaning that counties should have jurisdictions and the state shouldn't override everything and think that what works for Honolulu works for Maui or works for Hawaii, because that is not the case. Does that mean you don't believe in federal laws then? Well, I believe that there should be more state uh, power given to the states. I mean, whatever they make in Washington obviously is not going to work for Hawaii. And that's why some of the curriculums that were made on the federal level, I don't think should automatically be implemented here in Hawaii without us considering that the curriculum is good and actually useful for the kids here. So I believe that with that, you know, marijuana law or dispensary bill that we had, that was my main issue about it is that Mm -hmm. I don't like to override those because I like at the end of the day, 
the counties might have jumped in and said, yep, this is all good. Great. Then everyone's part of this decision-making process together because implementing something like that is no easy task. I know actually the dispensary owners, and it's still hard for them till this day, not just to get the space within the community, but they're fighting against the Department of Health because there's so many over-regulations that they have to go through. Some of them actually put down millions of dollars before they could open their, their doors and sell their first product. They still are having a lot of problems, FYI. So if you, if you could implement medical marijuana laws any way you wanted, what would you do? Well, I think the problem here now that the, the companies have told me is that they feel like the Department of Health is just being ridiculously hard to work with. And when we had passed these laws, we specifically stated that if we don't fund it, then the Department of Health can't actually operate with it. And the Department of Health said the same thing. You guys are going to pass a dispensary law, but you have given us very little allocation of money so that we can actually initiate this with companies, meaning the licenses and make sure that there's somebody processing it, that the, the vendors have a, a voice piece or an ombudsman when they have problems. And so, one, it's a little bit of an underfunded program that they expected to do this much with this much money. So I think funding it act. Um, adequately would be one. And two, making sure that the Department of Health understands that it's already been passed into law. So whatever you feel about it personally should be aside from us making sure that this business can actually succeed. I am a big supporter of local businesses and they are a business just like anybody else. And so we should try to help them to succeed in a state that's really hard. This is one of those situations you described earlier where they put the water in the glass first and then they decided to throw the rocks in and the sand and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, I sit on the health committee, so I sat through every hearing about that bill. And so I actually was the only legislator to hold a town hall with the dispensary owners and with the Department of Health and have a public hearing. And I actually invited some of my Democrat colleagues and no one showed up. It was just me. And everyone's like, huh. what is a Republican doing having a marijuana town hall? I was like... Yeah. So that you gets support- back to the LBGTQ thing <laughs> yeah. with Republicans. It's just, oh, typical Democrat-Republican views. Well, you, you support medical marijuana. Do you think there's a time in the future of Hawaii that we could have recreational marijuana? I think at this point, my, my gut feeling, especially as I go from some of the neighbor islands who are having a huge like drug, drug ep- epidemic going on in the rural areas, is that there's a lot of access already. <laughs> I mean, you can pretty much get it anywhere. Right. My, my big thing is that on some of the, in some of these communities that feel like they're getting overrun by drugs, and not specifically marijuana, but drugs in general, we need to focus on making sure that there's rehabilitation programs for these areas and focus on that more. Because for me, I don't really think there's an access issue says me. I don't know. Right. But if people already have access, you might as well tax it. You might as well regulate it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And provide provide recovery efforts for people who, who have it and, and aren't just pushed into the shadows. Right. I read an interesting uh, article just a couple days ago as I was actually prepping for this, uh, where a guy argued that uh, legalized marijuana would cut down on the opioid epidemic. Mm, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It was, I'd never thought about it at all before. It was just something curious. I was like, it really did make me think. And he wasn't saying that it would be true, but he said it's just something to think about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because basically the problem with the opioids is people have legal access to opioids, right? They're popping pills left and right with some shady doctors. And I think my, my thing is that when I go from community to community, the biggest thing that I should be doing is listening to them. Because I can sit in this chair and then assume that I know all these things that I sure. don't. Or I could just ask them, hey, what do you guys think would be best? You know, Your opinion matters, though. I mean, if you, does, if you inherently believe that you know, marijuana is a gateway drug and it, and it should be uh, something that we regulate as hard as, as opioids or even you know, uh, stronger drugs than that. Uh, regulate opioids all you want. Look at what's going on. Yeah. 
Well, and I, I would say that my, my view is staying open-minded because there are possibly things that are happening in life in experiential knowledge that I should be able to see firsthand instead of developing my opinion first and then not being open to seeing what's really going on. And that's why I really leave my, my mind open to maybe even disprove my own beliefs if need be, if I see that there's something going on in the community that I may be misunderstood. There is, a, I don't know how your husband feels about this, but a lot of NFL players have been coming out lately saying that with a lot of uh, injuries that they have, that medical marijuana, it was like their saving grace. Now, how true that is or not, based on an NFL player, oh, I don't know. Oh, trust me, he's asked. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> We're running out of time. I know it's a podcast. We don't actually have a bunch of time, but I know that we do have limited time with you. You're very busy. I appreciate you being here as no long problem. as you have. Uh, I just want to uh, rattle out a couple of these questions before we, before we do run out of time. The NRA gave you a 93% rating, uh, 92% for the Hawaii Rifle Association. What's your stance on firearm laws for Hawaii? Um, I support the laws. I mean, I think right now Hawaii has strict gun laws, and we're actually one of the strictest in the nation. I feel like we are a, um, a May issue state. So that whole issue that happened in the Supreme Court about the gentleman who asked for it and they, they denied Concealed it. Concealed carry. Um, yeah, and, and the way that our laws are written are actually pretty strict. Right now, the only person that gives out those permits is the chief of police. People are a little bit weary about that, seeing as though the last chief of police went to jail. But um, <laughs> I think... <laughs> Hashtag let Hawaii happen, Andrea. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Boom, Kanani! <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I believe that where we are right now in Hawaii is where people want us to be. And so, are, are you okay with conceal and carry or no? Uh, meaning like that we're a May issue state? No, like if, um, uh, would you be okay with people having concealed weapons in Hawaii? I think if it's the voice of the, you know, if that's what the people want, then yeah. But I, I'm asking you what your opinion is. Um, I personally, you know, we do actually believe in supporting the Second Amendment and we do have a gun in our house. And I think that it's important for people to decide who understand how to use a gun and who understand, you know, what the protections are for their Having family. it in your house is different than being able to carry it on well, your see, person. Well, and that's though. why I don't know. Because personally, like, I don't carry one on me mm -hmm. and I'm not a law enforcement officer, but I would be concerned about people who are out allowed to do it and don't know that that uh, first responder instinct. Because mm -hmm. that's what my husband has, is that ability yeah. to be a first responder and make those decisions. If like, everyone in in this room was allowed to concealed carry. Who would, oh, you, who would you be most concerned with? Oh, God. Which Literally of, everybody. Which, who would, Literally. <laughs> everyone's pointing at who's each the, other. Who's the, who's everyone's the most dangerous person in this room? All right. <laughs> All right. You don't actually have to answer that question. It's Flash. Well, and, I, yeah. <laughs> and, and people should know that there's a lot of rules to even do conceal and carry. So it's not just, oh, you get a permit, you get a gun. Have yeah. all the rules you want. I don't think it's a good idea for anyone to be able to have a concealed weapon and just walk around anywhere. Unless it's the zombie apocalypse. And then all bets are off. <laughs> uh, what, did you guys just make another drink? Yes. Is this a new cocktail? Sway, come over here. It's, it's an end of the show drink. It's a, it's a little Palhana cocktail. What do you got? This, this is a very intense podcast. We need three cocktails. <laughs> Seriously. I was going to say, we are banging it out over yes. here. Okay, so this is going to be the Pete's Lemonade. It's going to have our lemon juice, simple syrup, and our coconuts. It There's be coconut? Yes, yes. <gasps> yes. That's my thing. It's complete I love coconut everything. from Cayenne. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, shake face. <laughs> oh, that looks super coconutty. Oh, I love it. I 
love it. And this is, again, you can have the same drink with and without the alcohol? Yes. Priorities flash. So if you Priorities. have business lunches, it's really good for that. You don't have to drink, but you also feel like you're drinking and enjoying something. I don't know what kind of business lunch you go to, but it's <laughs> definitely alcohol in my cocktails for lunch. You like coconut. What other? Uh, what's your favorite like local kind food? Like, what's your your favorite local? I like spot? ahikatsu. Mm. I love high creations because I like acai bowls. Mm-hmm. Um, I like fruits in general. I just I, I was in Tonga. That's where my in laws are from, and they actually drink it every morning. Like the kind and cut the coconut drink out of it. Really? Every morning, like, I woke up and it was just fruits and co- I was like, I love this. That's amazing. Straight out of the coconut. <laughs> How is it? So good. I love it. Yeah. Good. It's good. good. Exciting. I'm slowing down over here. I was going to say, I'm going to pee for days after this. I'm back in the- <laughs> So uh, when you when, when you leave the islands and you come back, mm-hmm. um, is there a certain restaurant or a certain food that you have to have that just reminds you of home? Mm. Oh gosh, zippies. Yeah, <laughs> my husband loves it. So every time we leave, we come back, we gotta hit zips. Man. What's what's your go to order? Uh, well, for me, I like the vegetarian chili with mahi. Oh, okay. But yeah, my family vegetarian wait, chili with, with mahi, but yeah. with mahi. Yeah, I have to have the mahi on the side. So I eat the vegetarian chili and then I get the mahi. Like, really? Yeah. You know that uh, that uh, mahi is meat. Yeah. <laughs> Just have your vegetarian chili with the side of meat. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> wait, wait. Are, are you bagging on my food choice? <laughs> well, oh, not at all. I, I'm a chili frank plate guy myself. Chili chicken over here. Oh, nice. Yeah, love that. Yum. Okay. Uh, well, oh, that drink's good. I didn't get one, it's but good, that's okay. Right? I, 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 oh, she's adding the special ingredient, the so Pau Vodka. Thank you. All right. Boom, everybody. Boom, Kanani. Andrea Tupola, thank you so much for coming in and being a part of the show today. Uh, Flash was nervous since you said yes, which is what, like a month ago? You agreed to be on the show, and Flash has been sweaty palms. Shout scared. out to Alyssa. Little kid style. Oh. Very Can't excited. Believe. Very uh, excited. Not only uh, were you the first, we'll say, serious guest we've had on the show. First real guest. First, you can say it. You first know, real guest. No offense to all of our 33 other guests, uh, but you were our first political guest, uh, and Flash... Absolutely had to have you on the show first. Um, although we, we did ask Governor Ige, and again, I'm pretty sure he hasn't seen our tweet yet. But he doesn't know what a tweet is, for starters. <laughs> he has his password now. He keeps it in his Aloha shirt pocket, yeah. just in case. His, his Twitter behavior is well established at this point. <laughs> Thank you again for coming in. It's been a pleasure to have you here. No problem. Andrea Tupelo, ladies and gentlemen. Thank Yay. you. Thank you. Where, where can people on Oahu see you next? Um, so let's see. What is my next event? I, I'm actually speaking at UH tomorrow. Uh-oh. Oh. Come out and see me. All right. So I was in the Kaleo edition, which is their newspaper. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I do have a fundraiser in Waimanalo on the 20th. So go to votetopola.com. So you can see a list of all my events there. But I am doing events in Keokaha, in Puna, in Kauai, in Maui. So look at my website, and hopefully we can meet up. And you're super active on Insta. What's your Insta? Oh, at votetopola. Okay. Check it out. Flash, uh, who's coming up on the show next week? Uh, next week, you're going to be gone. Oh, yes. Yes. I am. But the week after that, we have the owner of one of the top 50 bars in the country, three-time world's best Mai Tai champion, Justin Park, owner of you Bar this guy down. Leather Apron. It has been four months in the works. We've got Justin Park, owner of Bar Leather Apron in the house. That guy's harder to reach than the governor. It's, <laughs> yes. 
right. <laughs> yes. Thanks again so, for listening. And by the way, uh, you can listen to us. Um, tell your friends. Search the Maleko and Flash podcast anywhere you, uh, you can actually listen just to podcasts. Google it now. Yeah, you, you can just Google absolutely. Maleko and Flash, and you'll find the podcast. We're actually we yeah. ranked up there. Uh, you can get us on iHeart, on iTunes, everywhere you digest podcasts. Thank right. you so much, everybody, for being here. Boom! Boom! Thank you. Sway. Mo. Mokus. That's it. <laughs> Special mahalo to Tito's for making us funnier. <laughs> and uh, for Naomi Hazelton for being hot. At Pacific at, Edge Magazine. At sure, fine. <laughs> and uh, look, how do I win my flask cap? I already forgot because I've had too much Tito's. All right, so if you want to win your very own flask cap, which is the new yes. way to enjoy a beverage doing yes. your favorite activity, here's what you've got to do. Take a picture of you doing something awesome that would be 10 times more awesome if you had a flask cap while you were doing it. So it could be a picture of you hiking Cocoa Head. Yeah. Maybe a picture of you on the beach. Uh, maybe surfing. Maybe if you were on a boat. Ideally, somewhere where... Maybe you're not supposed to have the alcohol. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe it wouldn't be the appropriate thing. Yeah. Please don't send a picture of, of you driving. But if you're a passenger, is that okay? If you're riding in a there lift, you go. absolutely. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Of you riding in a lift, absolutely. So take a picture of you doing something awesome that would be 10 times more awesome with a flask cap, hiding five ounces of your favorite liquor, where you can mix it up and have a good time. Hashtag Maleko and Flash. Hashtag Flask Cap. That's flask Cap. Yeah, that's F L A S K A P. If you put those two flash tags or those two hashtags, <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with a new yeah, word for yeah, you. Yeah, flash <laughs> Put those two hashtags on your post, and uh, we will pick a winner every week to win a flask cap. How dope is that? And if you want to win it, just post it now, and we'll let you know via the Insta. Do it. Hey, that's it. So if you liked what you heard, which, which is unlikely, but that's fine. <laughs> but if you did, tell your friends. Yes. How would I tell my friends? How how does this iHeart app podcast thing work, Maleko? Really, really good. Look up. You <laughs> see you see those three dots at the top of the screen there on the right? Click that. That's the uh, the okay. share button. Check. Got and it. then you can uh, email it. You can text your friends. You can copy the link. You could post it on social media. Yeah. Just post it on social media. We don't I, want I was, you to text your friends or email them. We want every we want as many people mm-hmm. to know about this as possible. So yeah. don't be shy. And don't forget to follow us on social. I'm at DJ Maleko. I'm at Flashy808. That's Flashy with two E's. Or I guess if you turn the still talking. If like, you turn the push up. notifications on on uh. your on your app, then it will automatically tell you. I'm not listening. That there's I've a new show coming up. Left the room. <laughs> no one cares. Oh, I so want to hear more. <laughs> hey! 